We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Aiden Hutchison, defensive end, Michigan. Jared Goff winds up. Touchdown, Detroit. Josh Reynolds. Comes the blitz. Down the middle and on the fly. Jamison Williams, extra speed on the gas and gone. Touchdown. Yo, what is going on guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 294 on the Blue Wire Network. I am Euros Tyler, joined by my main guy, as always, Pierre. No Malcolm with us, but Pierre, how you doing, my man? I'm doing great, Tyler. How you been, man? I'm enjoying this weather, beautiful summer. It's been nice out. Yeah, it's been good. Obviously, we're back on making content. We made an episode last week, which you guys should definitely go check out. We did a live draft of Detroit Lions history, pretty much, where we pretty much made like a fantasy football, but only drafting Lions pleasure in history. I thought it was a really cool episode. So if you guys haven't listened to that, go check that out. That's the episode previous. In today's episode, we are going to do a mailbag. Obviously, draft is over, free agency over, and we're in the middle of OTAs right now. And, you know, there's some questions as we are approaching the 2023 season as we get to camp, which is about, what, now a month and a half away, two months away pretty much till camp. So we're going to do a little mailbag episode for now, and let's get right into it. So, Pierre, you want to go ahead and start off with the first question? Yeah, uh, let's go with – this is really popular, so I'm just going to start with the obvious in the room. Do we land D-Hop? Um, I don't know if you guys saw Campbell's presser today. I'm going to lean towards a no, but it wouldn't shock me if they did sign him. He basically said he liked the receivers they had. He liked the different speed, possession. Like He liked the different stuff they have at receiver. He also mentioned like, the tight ends and the backs as well in the receiving game. He said we have a mixture of everything. So it seems like the Lions are comfortable with their receiving room, but I don't think he closed the door. He didn't, he, like, he didn't comment on it. He didn't say they were interested or weren't. He kind of just said he liked his group. So I would say that's probably leaning towards a no, but I'd maybe give it like a 10% chance he could be a Lion. Yeah, I mean, is that fair? Yeah, I think for context, this is June 1st as we're recording this, so obviously things could change yeah. You know, by the time we upload this or when you guys are listening to this, right? So obviously things could change as we're recording on June 1st right now. And 
I agree with you. I, I don't really see it happening. Honestly, I, I think D-Hop probably goes to a different spot. I, I think one of those AFC teams makes a lot of sense. Like you look at Kansas City, have a big hole at wide receiver and being able to play alongside Patrick Mahomes and guaranteed to be the number one wide receiver. That's a great opportunity. Obviously, I could see him going somewhere like that. Cleveland obviously makes a lot of sense with his old quarterback, Deshaun Watson, being there. I think that's a fit that makes a lot of sense. Maybe even Baltimore with Lamar there. And, they, you know, they signed Odell Beckham Jr. this offseason, but he could probably be the number one wide receiver with Odell coming off injury. Now, would I be intrigued if the Lions were interested in DeAndre Hopkins? Absolutely, because that really goes into, you know, you're all in. And if it's like a one-year deal and you have an opportunity and he's interested, I, I mean – I, I'm all in. Like I would be all in if that was the case. If, if they could land a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, because I, I, I'm like Dan Campbell. I like a wide receiver core. I think it's a good wide receiver core. Amon Ra is a great receiver, and I have a lot of hope for Jameson Williams. Obviously, he's going to miss the first six games, and I like Marvin Jones, and I like Josh Reynolds. Those guys are good. Insert DeAndre Hopkins. You're talking about already in a top five offensive league i mean you were uh, entering potentially the best offense in the league at that point or the number two offense in the league at that point when you acquire a guy like deandre hopkins but kind of like peter said i don't think it's as realistic as some people think it is but like i said if the lines were interested in and they made it happen I, I would be stoked i think it would be an amazing pickup for the lions yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I think another team we didn't mention is, well, I read today there's two teams that Bill Belichick, but over there, you know, Bill O'Brien is the OC, so we'll see how that works out. And then his family is currently living in Houston, and he is also interested in Houston for reports. Lorraine. But we'll see what happens. Um, he's, apparently, he's going to start take, taking visits next week. So, we'll, we'll, like, more stuff on Deshaun should be coming out in the next couple of weeks. DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. But um, my bad. Not Deshaun. Yeah. Yeah, my bad. His <laughs> whole teammate, DeAndre Hopkins. Thank you. Yeah. No, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it'd be awesome. And just like most of you guys probably listening, wanting him, I, I want him to on my football team. I just don't know how realistic it is for him to be on our football team. But I think something that is interesting, if you guys keep up with the 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 odds and stuff like that on DraftKings when they made their odds for where DeAndre Hopkins is going to land next the Lions were the most likely NFC team if that means anything we're the most likely NFC mm-hmm. team to land DeAndre Hopkins according to the Vegas Sportsbook so and that, okay. I thought that was a little timid that, that's a little bit interesting so that's interesting for sure all right what's the next question so DeAndre Hopkins we, we talked about him all right this one is uh all right here we go what will the Lions do with the linebackers in terms of role, snap counts, and so on? So I think he's guessing, like, you know how they had Rodrigo and Anzalone last year start. Then obviously the first round, you you draft Jack Campbell. I'm going to assume this. And then they obviously bring in Jalen Reeves Maven, but he's more of a special teams guy. But I think what they're going to do at linebacker is, um, by the way, this question came from, uh, it's Captain W-E-L-C. So... Thank you for your question. The hop one came from multiple people, so I didn't name anyone. When it comes to the linebackers, though, I think when you spend a first-round pick on a guy and then the front office and both head coach, they both say that he's going to start. He's starting. And they give out Ansel only $6 million a year. I don't think he's riding the bench. I think Rodrigo is going to see a decrease in snaps. Um, and that's nothing against him. He's a solid player. He has his limitations in size. He was a fan favorite, but... I think their starters for this year are probably going to be Campbell and Anzalone, but maybe later down the road they could hope for 
you know, Campbell, Rodrigo, or Campbell and Parms. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same boat with you. I think when you draft a linebacker, obviously in the first round, and a guy like Jack Campbell, he's going to be your day one starter. And I'd be stunned if he isn't. And then obviously they gave Alex Anzalone the three-year extension. I think they have plans of starting him as well. And we've seen with this Lions defensive scheme that they usually only have two linebackers on the field for most of the time. So, like you said, I, I could see a decreased role in a guy like Malcolm Rodriguez who saw a lot of opportunity last year. But that's not to say, like, he's not going to get opportunity this year. I mean, if an injury happens, I think he's the first one to step up and get get the starting role right back. Um, but I, I think as of right now, assuming everyone's healthy, I think you're looking at Jack Campbell and Alex Andalone being your day one starters heading into week one. Yeah, so now you kind of look at the depth of this team, especially at linebacker. It's a lot better than it was last year. Yeah. You know, Rodrigo is now a backup. And then you have Derek Barnes also entering, what, his third year. Third year. You know, those that's when guys, maybe they make a jump in, in development or whatever. Uh, Anzalone said he, he's looked better this year in OTAs, Bobby. I, I don't know. The pads have to be on for me, you know? Mm-hmm. I think in general, OTAs are maybe just like for the quarterbacks and receivers and corners, the other stuff. I got to see your pads, man. Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel. About that's, that, yeah. that's how I even feel like early part of training camp when they don't have the pads on. Like, you kind of just take everything with a grain of salt. Right. So, uh, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I think for now, it's those two guys. And knock on wood, I mean, yeah, I like that you bring up the, the experience and how the room is better. It's not even necessarily like they got better talent. Obviously, they got Jack Campbell, which is, you know, that, that's something that we haven't right. had, which is an upgraded talent. But like, everyone just has more experience. In this scheme and in the league in general, like Alex Anzalone, now this is going to be his third year with this defensive scheme. Malcolm Rodriguez has another year under his belt in this defensive scheme. Derek Barnes, this is going to be now, like you said, his third year in this scheme. And yeah. Jalen Rees-Maven wasn't here last year, but had experience. He was 21. He's back. He's familiar with his defense. And he's familiar with Aaron Glenn. So a lot of familiarity with it. Not really much of a learning curve. The only guy that's going to be really learning is Jack Campbell. I'm not really worried about him, honestly. Yeah, he's Iowa guys. Those Iowa guys, man, they're so smart. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, I got a question from Wesley Molehook. Sorry if I mispronounced your name. Uh, remaining free agent. So he asked, how do you all feel about Shelby Harris potentially signing here? Um, I feel like that Shelby Harris signing was kind of the Christian Covington signing, where you sign in your, like, your potential depth player, potential guy to rotate, because they Oteem actually trimmed down his body fat to 13% turned into muscle while still maintaining his weight, which is really impressive. Um, he's going to the three. They have uh, Isaiah Bugs. He looks like your starting nose tackle right now. You also have um, Benito Jones from last year. He was solid. They, they drafted Broderick Martin, right? Broderick yep. Martin. He's, he's obviously going to be here. I don't know if there's necessarily room for... Shelby Harris, because those other guys, Kaminsky and Pasco, all those guys can play inside and outside. They have a lot of edge rushers. Um, I don't know if there's room for Harris. He's more of a rotational guy, and I feel like they already have their rotational pieces in place. Now, if you can maybe upgrade over Bugs, it's good. But I don't know if Harris right now at this stage of his career is initially update over Bugs, an upgrade over Bugs. Yeah, and he's more of a three-tech anyway, so you would have to play him over Lee McNeil. And if you want some rotation there, potentially there but you mentioned i think a good point with guys like pascal who can move inside john kaminsky who can move inside and even dane hutchison not necessarily ideal wanting to move him inside on first second down but definitely that nascar package you could definitely move him inside and play that three tech i think this is a perfect follow-up question for a defense tackle on the current roster right now this comes from majestic murder 
Martyr. Sorry, I'm, I'm terrible with names, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm very bad. Yeah. But he asked, will Levi play this season or is he done? And that's another one I think is really interesting because we really don't know what's going with, on with Levi and Zerike. The, the media asked Dan Campbell on June 1st, "Is what is the update on Levi and Zerike? And I guess Dan Campbell said he's clear to run now, which I guess you could take that as a positive step forward. But like... I don't know. Like, I mean, it's been now, what, almost a year since we've seen Levi Onzerike, like, even practice. Like, I think he hasn't practiced since last August. I believe since last training camp. He missed all last year. And he's he's not practicing right now OTAs. He's clear to run. But I, I, I don't know what's really going on with Levi Onzerike. Do you have any more intel or idea what's going on with Onzerike? I don't even think the Lions know if he's going to be – ready for training camp or ready to even play this year. Um, yeah. He's coming off a serious back injury. I think he had – did he have surgery? I forgot. But, I mean, back injuries are no joke, right? Especially for a defensive lineman. You're, you're like, basically, like, like crouching, you know, like you're low. You're playing low, and that affects your back. I mean, I don't know. It's – I would say right now, if I had to guess, and I hope I'm wrong, I, I don't think he's on the 53-man roster when we start the year. Are you saying he's going on IR, or do you think he gets cut? I mean, or either he's or. not healthy. Either or, honestly. Yeah. Like, I don't... It's unfortunate we're saying this, but, I mean, we have to face the reality of it. The guy hasn't played for two years, and right now he's not even out there. Mm-hmm. He's behind in terms of scheme. He's probably behind in terms of you know, like he has no chemistry with these guys. He hasn't played with them. He hasn't practiced with them. And that takes time. And when you've been out of football for basically almost two years, like haven't really played that much, you know, and in college, you also missed that one year. He just hasn't played a lot of football recently. It's it's um, he has a long road ahead of him. I mean, I hope I hope he makes I hope I'm wrong. I loved him coming out. Unfortunately, just injuries have have caught up to him, man. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a perfect what you're looking at, at this defensive stack room. Because I think if you look at it big picture, you look at the depth chart, I think you could say an argument that defensive tackle is maybe the weakest position on this football team right now. I think that's a fair yeah. argument, right? And yeah. to get a guy like his talent that we know like he was coming out, I think would be huge right. for this football team because Absolutely. you know they could definitely use some depth at that three-tech spot. Ali McNeil is transitioning to that three-tech and I, I'm confident that he could be a good three tech, but behind him, there's just not really much. Like I know you mentioned Pascal and Kaminsky, they could play there, but that's not their true position. Now, will they move them in there some spots and get them comfortable there? Uh, yeah, I would assume so, right? But to get yeah. a guy that who's played the position in college, that, you know, the position that they drafted him to be, that would be huge for this football team. But it's kind of like Peter said, it just seems like it's a long journey ahead for Levi Onzerike. So. No one really knows what to expect with what's going on with him. Like we said, hopefully the best case scenario happens that he could return during training camp and that he could be ready to go in the preseason and then he could show us something and we could feel confident in him heading into the season. But um, as of right now, yeah, like it's too early to tell. And that's even being kind of optimistic. What I just said of hopefully he's ready by training camp and ready by the preseason. That's kind of sounds like optimistic just from Dan Campbell's comments, at least just starting out to run in June. Like, I I don't know if he's going to be ready to play football in, in a couple months. Hey, prior podcast listeners, it's your boy Malcolm here. And if you're a sports better like me, let me tell you about Oz traders. 
OddsTraders is a place to compare all odds from all major sportsbooks. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotional codes from different sportsbooks to get the best deal. This app also provides player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather so the bettors can make the most informed bets as possible. This app also has bet trackers so bettors can keep records of all their games and betting activity. Looking to maximize your bets? Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's O-D-D-S-T-R-A-D-E-R.com slash bluewire. Oddstraders, the number one site for your game day bets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, I mean, I hope he is, but like, honestly, I think if, like we're being realistic here. Campbell even said he doesn't know if he'll be ready for training camp or when he'll be ready for training camp. I mean, that's like in what, like a month, a little more than a month, right? June? Like June? It's about training camps in early, late July, early August. So about like two months. Yeah. So, I mean, this guy is still, he's still got a long way to go, man. And I'm rooting for him. I hope, I hope he finds success in this league, whether it's with us or another team. But right now, it just doesn't look good, man. Yeah. All right. I got another question from underscore just dot underscore Jack underscore. Just if you guys are interested, we are getting these comments from Instagram. So for future mailbag episodes, if you guys want to participate, they're going to be on our Instagram pages at Lions Nation or a Detroit Lions fan page. You could participate on that yeah. way. So uh, this question is coming from Jack. What should they do, the Lions, with the rest of their cap space? Um, That's a good question. There is some guys that are potential, I think, extensions. Uh, Jonah Jackson is one to keep an eye on. I don't know if they'll pay him what he wants. That depends what he asks for. You know, sometimes, Tyler, like emergency or you never know who could be available, right? If some, like, this happens all the time during, like, maybe the trade deadline, we see a lot of trades go down. Or, you know, when it comes to, like, that waiver wire time or we see some trades happening, you know? Not necessarily a big fish during that time, but you can still find a guy that helps your team. 
I think right now you you or you could roll it over into next year. Like you know, last year the Lions actually had a ton of injuries. They had to sign guys. When you sign guys, that takes up cap space. Yeah. So they have it for in emergency situations. They could roll it over next year. They could extend the guy. I mean, they have lots of options. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it, it could be interesting. I think there's two periods. It's like right before the season when all the 53-man roster cuts, you sometimes see some interesting names out there being cut. That could be a potentially to use that cap space. And like you said, the trade deadline, right. it, like we expect the Lions are going to be good this year. We expect them to compete this year. And some teams are going to realize they're not good football teams by the midway point of the season. By What is that, week eight, the trade deadline usually? So like they're going to realize they're not a good football team by then, and they're going to want to trade off some assets and get some future draft capital. Now, sometimes there could be some big money contract connected to these players. Lions now have the cap space. Lions have draft capital that they could ship off to go get a proven player. And who knows what injuries happen throughout the year. It's the NFL. There's going to be injuries. If you have a big injury at a, a certain position and this guy comes available, boom, Lions could fill in that position with making a trade, taking on that contract because they have this cap space to use right now. So they don't necessarily have to use it right now. Uh, I think their team is good as is right now. I don't think they have to go out and sign a big free agent now. Like I said earlier, if you can go out and get DeAndre Hopkins, I don't think anybody's against that because the Jamison right. Williams suspension and – Wide receiver room, it's good, but like you get DeAndre Hopkins could be really good. So I don't think anyone's against that. But other than DeAndre Hopkins, I don't think there's anyone currently right now. I'm like, okay, let's let's go out and go get him, and let's go like, you know, sell off uh, on this guy. There's not really one anyone out there right now. Yeah, I mean, like I saw like a couple people just bring up Quinton Williams. I think he's a jet. I mean, there's no way they let this guy walk. I think he's about to get paid here within the next. I don't know, let's say next couple of weeks to a month, he, he's going to get a bag and he's going to be with the Jets. There's no way in hell the Jets let this man walk out the building or to even trade him. Yeah, I think we actually got a question that's like very similar to that. It's like, oh, who, my bad. It, it was, uh, who would you prefer right now on your football team if, if, if the, you know, you could choose DeAndre Hopkins or Quentin Williams? This is like a no-brainer for me. It, it's Q. It's Quentin Williams. Um, he's younger. Uh, I think he's more like here for now and the future versus Hop is maybe here for a year or two. If that, he's 31. I believe Quinn like 25 or 26 years old and he fills your biggest need. He arguably makes your defense one of the top defenses in the league. He makes you a Super Bowl contender, in my opinion. I don't think Hop does that necessarily, but I think it's cute. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty simple. Yeah, you know, and like I just said not too long ago, like defensive tackle is arguably the weakest position on this football team right now, and you get an immediate impact right there for a guy that's at five at his position. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a little different scenario. You have to trade for Cohen Williams or DeAndre Hopkins. You just have to sign. But, you know, I, like I said, I think that's a very – Easy answer as well. I think it's got to be Quinn Williams. Yeah, I don't think that guy is going to be available, though. Yeah, we'll see. Right. But all right. Uh, next question is coming from. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm not even going to say this. I don't even want to say it. But <laughs> early but dark horses to make the roster. Early but dark horse to make the roster. OK, I mean, I've seen this guy get hyped up a lot. I haven't watched him. So I'll say I'm going to go with two players. Cornerback, I believe it's Starling. Um, damn it, uh, the the kid out of uh, I think it's Starling Thompson or something like that. Am I right? Am I right? I'm looking it up. Starling Thompson. Yep. Starling Thompson, and then there's um, there's this receiver out of Eastern Michigan, Dylan Drummond. His last name Dylan Drummond. Yeah. So. 
I think maybe watch out for those two guys. And then another guy, I don't know, I think it's necessarily a dark horse. I think like if he stays healthy and just is dominant, I think Mo Ibrahim is your running back three. Yeah, I was just going to say that was going to be my dark horse. I think he, he he could fill in that spot just because I think obviously the one and two, you know, is going to be running backs. You know, Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery are going to be one, two. But I yeah. think Mo Ibrahim could definitely be that wider or that running back three. And he's going to compete with some other guys like Craig Reynolds. Uh, they didn't bring back Justin Jackson. So a little less, you know, room there. They still have Jamar Jefferson. So he'll be competing at that spot as well. And it's going to be interesting to see if they carry three or four running backs. Last year they carried four going into the year. So maybe there could be a spot for Mo Ibrahim. And then maybe you can go with a guy like Jamar Jefferson. Or you can go with a guy like Craig Reynolds, just depending on who they choose, right? Also, they have another guy who was signed last year as undrafted guy. Got her Greg Bell from San Diego State. So just intrigued to see what he could do this camp if he makes it that far. Um, that's, yeah. that's another name to watch um, as uh, as far as that. I know you have another sleeper. You didn't mention him, the kicker. Oh, yeah. So today, apparently, according to Jeff Risden, John Parker Romeo was the XFL's kicker of the year. Um, he was three of four from 55 yards or long or more. And he missed a 63-yarder. And he had enough leg. It was just wide right. I mean, 63 yards. This guy has a leg. And then another thing is Bagley had the day off today. So Riley Patterson, who they traded like a conditional 7-4 or whatever it was. Um, he, I believe he was good from like 40, what was it, like 48? But he was like short from 55. Like the ball was like, didn't even hit the the the, um, the post. So the, the problem with Patterson is, and I think that's why the Jags moved on, the Lions moved on last year, because he doesn't have a strong leg. But he's accurate from from short distances. Yeah. I, he just doesn't have a strong leg. I think this is going to be interesting. I don't think I've ever seen a team carry three kickers in training camp. Or at least I've never seen with the Lions. I don't know about other teams, but I've never seen the Lions do this before. I have three kickers on their roster competing, and it's it's, it's an open field battle for who's going to be your starting kicker going to week one. Yeah. Um it's interesting. I don't. I don't. I think they might like maybe cut one guy like it's around that training camp yeah. if they need like a body or something because three kickers just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, but I get it. Best best let the best guy win. Um, I think right now, if I had to guess though, if this kid Parker Romo continues to be consistent like that, I think it's his job to lose. It's gonna be interesting. I mean, obviously, yeah. Like this, uh, traded for Riley Patterson, resigned Badgley, and now you have. John Parker Romo, who they got from the XFL, it's going to be interesting. I mean, like you said, I think once we get to training camp, once we get to late July, early August, they're probably going to need another body at a different position. And there's really – you'll probably know who you're, the two best at that point is, and you could probably get rid of one of that, one of them at that point. But, you know, it's going to be interesting right now. I'm intrigued by this John Parker Romo. I haven't seen him with my two own eyes yet, just going off reports what I've seen from – other people, but uh, I'm definitely intrigued to see what he could what he could offer, and maybe he could potentially be our, our kicker going to week one. Yeah, he, he has a strong leg, and obviously he showed that today, but obviously it's one day we want to see more consistency with him, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay, um, we got another question here. This is an interesting one because it was reported from The Athletic. Who is the who is that lion that is in trouble for gambling? So obviously we know what happened with James Williams, Stanley Berryhill, Quintus Cephas, CJ Moore. But then there was another report, somewhat recently from the Athletic, saying that there was going to be a fifth lion investigated for gambling. Do you have any intel on that? We do not who it is, but Tracy Walker tweeted out it wasn't him. <laughs> okay. Um, apparently this player was a non-prominent member of the 2022 team, so it could be like a guy they acquired this year in free agency. 
or it could be some guy last year who was like on the practice squad or like a backup player or something. Either way, though, um, this is kind of a concern for me. But Campbell basically said we're just pushing our message. The, the message didn't get out to them when they first put the message out. Uh, whether it's like the coaching staff's fault or whoever deals with that, that message did not get out, which is kind of concerning. But Campbell said like we're just pushing on them now, and I think now the message is out regarding what happened to Jamo and their other teammates, Quintess and Barry Hill and C.J. Moore. You know, um, so hopefully they've learned their lesson. And basically, this is like wave two. The NFL called it wave two. Campbell called it wave one B, though, which is kind of funny. But it's this wave two of investigating into players. Um, I just don't like to see any players suspended, whether it's like a fringe guy or whether it's a good player, man. Like, hopefully he's not guilty. We don't know who it is, though. Yeah, we don't know who it is. But like you said, I I don't think... (laughs) Okay, as a fan, I don't think you should be that concerned is, is all I'm trying to say. I, I don't think it's a prominent player. Now, for the player's sake, like Pierce said, don't want to see anyone get suspended. Hopefully he didn't do anything stupid, and hopefully he's not guilty, right? But I think for the casual fan, and I think for any fan, honestly, as a Lions fan, I, I don't think you have to worry about who the players I don't know who it is, but from the reports and the article from The Athletic, I don't think anyone should be concerned. I mean, yeah. So let's just hope it's not a, like one of those big free agent guys they acquired. I think that would have been a bigger report if if that was the case. It probably would have been out there, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I I don't know, man. I just I mean, there are some fan favorites who are like who are like role players, you know? Like, yeah. We'll see. Let's just hope it's not. I mean, I just hope it's nothing. I hope like yeah. Hopefully, they hopefully there's nothing they at all. Nothing right? And yes. it's nothing. Hopefully, it's. Nothing I don't want to speculate on who it is, who it isn't. That's that's not that's not cool. Yeah. Hopefully, it's nothing at all. But I guess for the fan's sake, like I don't expect another bomb like Jamison Williams to be on this list. Like a guy like that of his caliber to be on this list. Yeah. Say that. So, all right. Next question. This is kind of going in the past and kind of mixing in right now. So, okay. I think I know your answer to this, and I think we're going to agree here. But I think if we had Malcolm here, this would be a good question, but he's not here, unfortunately. Would you take a prime Stafford or a current Jared Goff? On this current roster right now? That's the question. Is prime Stafford or current Goff? You know what I'm going with. I'm going with my guy. Number nine? I'm going with prime Stafford. I think Stafford, um, he elevates a team. I don't know if Jared Goff necessarily elevates a team like that. That's nothing against Goff because I think Stafford is more talented than Goff. Stronger arm, you know, more mobility in the pocket, better pocket presence in the in the pocket, uh, better deep passer. Where versus Goff is more accurate in the short term immediate throws. I don't see depends on what you're looking for, but I think Stafford overall um, is is the better player when you look at their primes respectively. Yeah, all right. like if Stafford was in his prime playing for the LA Rams instead of Jerry Goff, I think he would have had more than I think he would have had a ring. If that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. This is a this is another interesting question, kind of comparing Stafford and Goff again. This comes from Brandon Garza one seven six. But I wanted to say, like, I'm not a hater on Goff. I'm no, just they're like, both no. good quarterbacks. I yeah, mean, Sta- I mean Stafford's yeah. a, a. I think he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, people might think I'm crazy by saying that. I, I, I do too. Someone called me crazy for that, but I think too when you look at his numbers, man. I mean, he's broken a ton of records in terms of passing yards. He got his Super Bowl. You know, he he came back like he's. I don't know, man. I think he's, he's one of the most awesome. talented quarterbacks we've ever seen in the NFL. I'm with you. And that's not a shot to Jared Goff. I just think I think very highly of Matthew Stafford. I actually like Goff. I think he's a very good quarterback. 
but I think Matthew Stafford is just a very special quarterback. There's just a difference, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, Matthew Stafford's don't grow on trees. Okay, this is another interesting question from Brandon Garza. What team would have been better? Goff with the 2014 Lions or Stafford with this current Detroit Lions? It's a good question. <sighs> Tyler, um, you said Goff with the 14 Lions or Stafford. With this team. I think Goff with the 14 Lions would have failed just because the, the O-line was really bad. I mean, Stafford had trouble with that because the O-line was awful. And they had an awful um, Jim Lombardi. Yes. Awful OC. And, so and a non-existent of, running game. And a non-existent running game. I think Goff would have failed in that 14 offense. Stafford didn't necessarily fail, but he didn't play to his standards as well. Um, I'm going to say Stafford uh, in this current group. offense. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's factoring the whole team as well. It's like, what team do you think would be better? Not just which quarterback would be better because you have to remember that 2014 Lions defense was amazing. You were, I think the number two rushing defense in the whole league and they had some dogs in there. You know, you had Ndamukong Sue on that defensive line who was out of his mind that year. DeAndre Levy out of his mind that year. Secondary at Glover Quinn, Rasheen Mathis, Darius Slay coming into his own. That was a phenomenal defense. It was. Probably the best defense in the Lions in the 2000s era. Like, I don't even think it's close, honestly, when you compare it. Um, and in that offense, yeah, offensive line's not great. Running game was non-existent, and Joe Lombardi's not great. But you did have Megatron, did have Golden Tate, so you had some good receivers. But I'm confident this line's defense is going to be league average. I'm not saying they're going to be necessarily like really good, but I think they could be yeah. an average to a good group. Like I don't think we're going to see the Lions defense in the 20s and when, when we see the rankings. I don't think we're going to be in that range anymore. Now, I'm not telling you we're a top five defense. I'm not even telling you we're a top 10 defense. I think we're a very average defense. I think they added a lot of solid pieces to this defense. Chauncey Garner-Johnson, Cam Sun really revamped that that secondary. Um, and then with this offense, I think Stafford would cook in this offense. Uh, with I'm in Ross St. Brown. I mean, if you thought Golden Tate was amazing, I think I'm in Ross St. Brown's arguably a better talent than Golden Tate. Two tremendous talents, right? Uh, but yeah. I'm in Ross a great talent. Stafford with the Jamison Williams is what I've been wanting for for years. We never really had the closest thing we've had with that is Marvin Hall, and he was good for one or two passes a game. Uh, I think Stafford with Jameson Williams would be amazing. I think Stafford, most importantly, with Ben Johnson is something he have, he's never had here in Detroit. I think we saw what he could do with Sean McVay his first year in L.A. I think Stafford in this offensive line with Ben Johnson and some of these receivers, oof, I think he'd be and phenomenal. Also, in 2014, the Lions like have a lot of like comeback wins because of Stafford. That was mainly 2016. Oh, that was 2016. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah never mind. Yeah, I just I'm, I'm taking this like the 2022 Lions, 23. Stafford, or whatever 23 Lions over with Stafford over Goff with the 40. Because I feel like Goff, I mean, he just wouldn't succeed. He'd struggle. Stafford was somewhat like he was okay, but he also didn't play to his standards that year either. Just I mean, it was like the offense was kind of you know the O line was bad, the play caller was bad. I think the only receiver they had was like Calvin, right? And Tate. And Tate, yeah, but Calvin was kind of Calvin was hurt was, that year a lot. Yeah, Calvin he, was hurt that year a lot though, and then yeah, so it was really mainly on Tate. Yeah, it wasn't the offense just wasn't in sync. Yeah, I mean Reggie Bush kind of fell off. He was hurt, and Joyke Bell was like, you know, he was a solid running back, nothing crazy, but yeah. good talent. But yeah, no, I, I, the defense, I definitely think the defense twenty fourteen is gonna be better. 
the 2014 defense better than this group that we have right now. And I like this defense oh, we sure. have. But overall, I think when you look at the team, coaching staff, I think this current group of guys is overall a better football team than it was in 14. So, and that's saying yeah. something because that 14 team was really, really talented, really talented. For sure. Okay. Um, you want to do like one or two more questions and head out of here? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, okay, I got one more and then you can get one more from yours. I pretty much ran all mine. So last one for mine is thoughts on our running game going from Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift to David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. So the difference between Jamal Williams, Swift versus It's just Gibbs. like what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, how do you feel about going from Swift and Williams to Montgomery and Gibbs? I think they upgraded in both spots. One is because we know what kind of uh, talent Swift is, but we also know his he's not always available, and we know his vision isn't always the best. Gibbs is a guy who has great vision, who's really easy. He's faster than Swift, actually. He, he's more explosive than Swift. Um, he's been healthy. You know, he played in a dynamic offense at Alabama, so he's, he's already smart coming out. Yeah, obviously, Swift was smart, too, but... Um, so I think Gibbs is an upgrade over Swift. And that's nothing against Swift. I just think Gibbs is a better player. He was the 12th overall pick. I mean, that tells you what the Lions think of him, right? And then you go to Jamal Williams versus Montgomery. Uh, Monty could do more in the passing game. And I feel like he's also a better runner. He breaks he breaks tackles more than Jamal Williams does. You know, he he's he um he he forces more missed tackles than Jamal did. Yeah, no, I don't even think it's true. I don't want to say it's not close, but like I think David Montgomery is a, a pretty significant upgrade over Jamal Williams. That's something against Jamal Williams. I just think David Montgomery is a very good running back. That yeah. you look at numbers, you're gonna say, okay, what's the big difference here? They look very similar. I think you have to factor in Jamal Williams is working with one of the best offensive lines in football, and David Montgomery is working with whoever it was in Chicago, right? <laughs> it was the worst, the worst line in football. Yeah, and he was still pretty productive. You know, he was still yeah. a, a, a very solid running back. Now, I think it gets really scary to see what he could do with a good offensive line. I think even Bears fans would agree with me right here. It's like, they know David Montgomery is a really talented running back, and if they had a good offensive line, he could be one of the top backs in the league. And now we're going to have a true opportunity to really see that this year with this Lions offensive line with Montgomery. I think he's going to be very, very special. I think he's going to blow all his numbers out of the water, all his previous season's numbers out of the water with, with what he's going to do this year. And when you compare Jameer Gibbs to DeAndre Swift, don't get me wrong. I think DeAndre Swift is a very talented running back. I think he's he one is. of the more talented running backs that we have in this league. But the big thing with him is availability, and that is the biggest knock in the NFL. If you're not available – your best ability is your availability. And that's something that, frankly, DeAndre Swift was just not able to give this football team just because of some injuries. And even when he returned last year, just wasn't the same player because I felt like either he was playing scared or just wasn't 100% healthy. Like, I don't know what it was exactly, but he wasn't the same DeAndre Swift that we know that he could be. So I think the talent is definitely there. And when you compare him and Gibbs, I don't, I don't think it's that much of a difference. I just think... You're going with a guy that you believe that could be more dependable and that could be reliable for you where DeAndre Swift, frankly, lost the trust of the staff last year, I think, when he got hurt. And we saw last year they kind of put him in that committee with Jamal and Justin Jackson. They they lost trust in him, so the writing was kind of on the wall with him. So 
Um, as far as drafting Jameer Gibbs, I think they have a very big role for him. I'm excited to see what they do with him. Um, obviously, he's a, a dynamic pass catcher out of the backfield, so I know they're going to get him involved a lot in this passing game as well. Yeah. And um, to go alongside David Montgomery, I, I agree with you. I think overall it's an upgrade. Williams and Swift was a good combo, don't get me wrong, but I think this this duo of guys I think is even better. Yeah, one thing with Swift, too, you didn't mention is uh, his vision. He would run into guys' back. Sometimes he would not follow his block. He'd like – and he was sometimes scared of contact. Maybe that was injuries. And I, I remember um, got into it with him on Hard Knocks regarding that, like putting your uh, your pad down and going forward instead of just stepping out of bounds. What was his name? Deuce Staley. Yeah, Deuce Staley. Uh, shout out to Deuce, man. Great coach. But, yeah. Um, versus, I think, Jameer Gibbs, you know, he comes from the Alabama offense, that Nick Saban offense where, like, he's he's going to fight for every play. And he's he's a, he's a really dynamic receiver. He's a better receiver than Swift was. I think he's also a better runner. Man, I'm, I'm excited about about Gibbs. I, I really am. That when, when Brad Holmes kind of described him, he's not a running back. He's, he's going to be a receiver for us. He's going to do everything for us. He's like a weapon. When he said that, it kind of fired me up. I'm not going to lie. I was a little, you know, it's a running back. It's like a running back. But then once you hear the plans for him, is they're not going to use him as a running back. They use him mainly as a receiver, and he's explosive. He could take it to the house on any play. Yeah, I think you'd be totally misusing Jameer Gibbs if you just use him as a running back because I, I don't think you're you're maximizing his talent if he was just a running back. So And I, and I don't think that's the Lions' plans right now. That's how they're going right. to use him. I think the, line, I think like the Lions, what they want to do is they want to use his speed in the passing game and then use Montgomery in those short yardage situations, those goal line situations. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jamal Williams was phenomenal for the team last year. Nothing against him. 17 touchdowns is unbelievable. Broke the Lions' season record. Broke Barry's record. He was great for us in this two years. But, I don't know. I I just, I'm really confident in Dave Montgomery. He put up very good numbers in a bad offensive line. I want to see what he could do with this offensive line in Detroit. All right, Tyler. This is a weird question, but I'm going to ask anyway. This is from Dylan uh, Smitty. Who's a player on your squad that has high expectations but could have a bad season? Okay. Oh, that's a good question. High expectations but could have a bad season. I'm not going to say a bad season, but I have one, I guess. What do you got? For me, it's um, – and I might get some scrutiny for this, but this is not personally me. I, I'm just kind of like thinking of players that maybe fans are overhyping or potentially – it's Sheamus and Williams potentially because he's going to be missing the first six seasons. First games. Um. My bad. First wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, my bad. The, he's going to be missing the first six games. And, you know, sometimes, like, if there's a chemistry between other receivers and Goff and him and Goff. So, like, I think they'll figure it out. But, you know, maybe they'll slowly ease him in instead of throw him in right away. Maybe he won't have the type of season we expect to have, but I still think he'll have an impact, though. Okay. Overhyped. I'm trying to think. Who are like some. Uh, this is not necessarily overhyped. This is more like, yeah. you know, he's going to be a little rusty coming out and. Maybe he could pick it up towards the end of the year. But I think maybe like when they first start, he might be a little like rust or, you know, just kind of getting in the groove of live playing live football, getting tackled and all that. Yeah. OK, I'll give you one name just because I think his name is pretty big. It's Marvin Jones. I think Marvin Jones would be good for this football team. But like I think some people have too high expectations for Marvin Jones. I don't know if everyone's thinking like this. I think most people think he's a wide receiver three, wide receiver four. But, like, if anyone believes that he's a wide receiver, two at this point of his career, I, I just don't think he is at that point right now. Um, frankly, I could see Josh Reynolds beating him out in the depth chart and maybe potentially being ahead of him in the depth chart, possibly. Not for sure. I think that's going to be a good competition. 
Mm-hmm. So I'll say Marvin Jones. Don't expect the Marvin Jones that we had in 2016 to 2020. All right. Here, here's the last one. This is for fun. This is from James Witham. Who's winning the NBA ship? NBA Finals. I love the Miami Heat story. I think they've been phenomenal. They've been just such a fun team to watch. And that's who I'm pulling for. I, I'm pulling for Jimmy Butler to win a championship because this run that he's on right now has been phenomenal. And I just love all the players on their team. I think they, they've they been a, a really good group. Gabe Vincent stepped up. Duncan Robinson, who was a guy who wasn't even in the rotation. He lost his rotation spot. He was stepping up huge in these playoffs. Um, who else is on that team that I like? Bam Adebayo has been good for this for this basketball team. I'm pulling for the Heat, but I just think the Denver Nuggets are too talented, man. So much talent across the board with this team. Jamal Murray's on a different planet right now. Jokic is phenomenal. Um, and they just have good depth everywhere. Aaron Gordon's a yeah. good player. Michael Porter's a good player. Bruce Brown's a good player. KCP's a good player. Like They just have so right. many good players everywhere. I don't think Miami could match them up in a seven-game series. Now, do I think Miami is going to get swept? No, but I think they could compete. I think they could... You know, maybe get this to six. Don't think they get to seven, but maybe five or six games. I think they could steal a game or two. But uh, overall, I, I think Denver was that first championship in, in their team history. I'm with you. I'm rooting for Miami. I mean, I'm a fan of Jimmy Butler, Gabe Vincent, all those undrafted guys. Like, I always like to root for the underdog. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, like, you know, maybe it's because the Lions fans and the Pistons fans and us, we've been bad for yeah, a minute. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I got to root for the underdogs, you know, so... I'm just a fan of Eric Spolstra. I think he's the best coach in the NBA, personally. Dude, he gets the best. I didn't even mention Caleb Martin, who arguably could have won the Eastern Conference Finals MVP. I mean, Jimmy Butler's on a different planet, so you're not going to give it to him. But, like, right. he was the second-best player, I think, during that run versus in that Celtics series. So, yeah, and just all those guys that they develop, you know, they, they, they're they great with that. But, man, Michael Malone is a great coach, too. Former Golden and- Grizzly. Did you know that? Interesting. I was assistant coach back in like ninety something, ninety four. I want to say. I did not know that. That's actually I a just, cool I, stat. I just found that out like a week ago. <laughs> okay. For those of you that don't Golden Grizzly, that that's that's OU, Oakland University. That's local, my school. Uh, local college uh, in Michigan. That's my school. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think we're on the same page. How many how many games do you think it goes? Um, man, I don't I don't know. I'm gonna say like maybe Nuggets in five or six. Okay. I want the Heat to win, but, man, the Nuggets, if they stay healthy, not on wood, we hope no injuries for no one. If they stay healthy, because that's been their issue is health. He's over the Like last year in the playoffs was health. I believe Jamal Murray missed some time in the playoffs. If they stay healthy, man, I think they – I think they're – I mean, they got the better talent, and I think their home court advantage is actually home court advantage. You're playing um, in the altitudes, which is – versus Miami. You know, they're, Denver is used to it. Miami isn't, you know. Um I, I, just the talent they got more talent you know they got a great coach so I'm I think Denver wins but I'm rooting for Miami I don't even Denver's lost a home game during these playoffs if I'm not mistaken I think they're I undefeated at home. I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure they're undefeated at home right now I think they beat Phoenix both, all their games at home the LA obviously they beat them both at home and then yeah they, yeah, they beat Minnesota yeah, they haven't lost a home game to be fair too their path kind of has been you know yeah. Hasn't been too hard. But, I mean, that, that's the finals. You get the number one seed. That's why you get the number one seed. You know, you're the best team during the year. Yeah. It's a complete, op- right. complete opposite from Miami. They have to go through hell to get here. I mean, take down Milwaukee in five, which is so impressive with Giannis. I think it was, he's just a freak. Um, 
the Knicks yeah. were, you know, Malcolm shot to Malcolm's team, you know, a good gritty team. I, I like, I think Miami's a better squad than, than the Knicks. And then yeah. beating that talented Boston team, like that's saying something too, man. And especially with all the diversity of leading 3-0, then losing three straight, and then just going back to TD Garden in Boston and killing the Celtics game seven and stamping your, your playoff, your finals ticket. Yeah, so I'm just excited though. I, I love playoff bats, but you never know what could happen, man. Like there was a lot of people saying Boston and four. I remember that. Yeah. When the thing came out, I was like, man, you guys are crazy. Spolster's not losing. Spolster's not getting swept. Yeah. Jimmy Butler's neither. And then you know went to Game Seven. So you never know what could happen in these playoffs. You know, if a guy steps up, maybe a guy struggles. It's it's exciting though. I love NBA playoffs. I like this finals, these playoffs especially too, is because we're getting some new teams. You know, we're we're getting some new talent. Like we're gonna have either Nikola Jokic or Jimmy Butler win their first championship, which neither have obviously awesome. won. So I think it's gonna be yeah. awesome to just kind of see Carter sure. champion finally. But I do think the Nuggets, if they stay healthy, like in this next couple of years, I think they're like the new kind of taking over the West type of team. I don't think any team is even close to them right now in the West. They have talent, yeah. Maybe. I mean, you know, if, Phoenix, if Phoenix gets if, it right, I mean, they got Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, which is just a crazy thing. Yeah, they, they could get it right, but they, I mean, they've had a lot of health issues. They're, they got to get the right coach now. So, shout out know, to Monty CP Williams. Shout out to Monty oh, Williams. Yeah. That's new, very new, exciting, by the way. New Detroit business coach. Yeah, man. And I think, man, with that, Tyler, I think it's probably good, right? Yeah. All right, guys. Hope you guys all enjoyed this episode of us reading your guys' questions on air. We could probably definitely do another one of these probably around training camp. You know, we'll have some stuff to talk about more then. Um, But for now, that's all we have. Hope you guys all enjoyed. Signing out, guys. Peace. All right, guys. Like Tyler said, uh, maybe we'll do another one of these. And hope you guys all enjoy this weather. And I'm out. Peace.